You're listening to the Loot Before You Loot podcast, where we discuss our favorite games from past and present, and all the latest news, rumors, and announcements from the world of gaming. Stay tuned and follow us to never miss an episode. Hello guys, welcome to episode 4 of Loot Before You Leap. Thank you for joining us today. We've got a very, very big, important, and meaningful episode. Bruce, tell the guys what we're talking about today. Well, today we're actually going to be discussing a couple of certain debates around the gaming industry. So the first one is, do violent games make violent people? Um, the other one we're going to be talking about is toxicity in online gaming and the community and what it's caused. They're two massive, massive topics, huge topics. These things have been have been circulating online for decades. As long as there's been violent video games, there's been people linking them to violence in the real world. Just the way it is. And obviously, the violence in the real world has has been replicated many times online. So we're gonna do, we're gonna wrap two in one. We're gonna talk about violent games and violent people. Is there any correlation? And we're then going to be talking about the toxicity that exists in general in the online space, in online gaming, on the internet. But straight off the bat, we should get our opinions leveled out. So, Bruce, plain and simple, do you think violent video games create violent people? Well, it's something that you can't really say is plain and simple because there are things to show that it does and things to show it doesn't. My opinion, though, is that with um, video games, it doesn't directly cause violence. But if you have underlying issues of repressed violence or anything like that, it can exacerbate them and make them worse. What about you? I think, I think we're very much the same. I personally think that if... Let's do a case in an example here. If I was a very normal, everyday kind of guy and I went and played a violent video game, it's not going to suddenly turn me into a killing machine. But at the same time, if I was a guy that had anger management issues and I had violent tendencies already and I went and played a violent game, it would make me worse. That's, that's my standpoint. I don't think it makes violent people, but it makes violent people worse. You get what I mean. That's that's we're a very similar kind of standpoint there because me and you, Bruce, we've played many a violent game, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. We've played many violent games. I mean, we've played 18s when we were twelve. Let's be honest. I think most people do nowadays. Have you killed anyone recently? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. So we've solved the debate, surely. <laughs> you know, this is a. I mean, it's you can joke about it and you know, satirical all you like and stuff, but. It's kind of, it's a very true point in that everyone that plays a violent video game doesn't go out and become a violent person. There may be trends where a violent person does a violent act and it turns out he played video games, but that's just people looking for a scapegoat. Wouldn't you agree? People are just trying to pin it on something. Yeah, I mean, it is because one thing that you can look at is if it's a teenager that's gone on a shooting, for example, it's instantly... Oh, he played violent video games. It was the video games. However, you can have a guy in his 40s or 50s go out and do something. It's like, oh, yeah, it, it wasn't video games for him. It was something different. You know, when does it, when does it stop being the video games and when does it be, become something else? Yeah, exactly. They've got to look for something to blame. Um, let's look at a key example and let's kind of discuss where this all began. The whole video games cause violence thing started way back in 1999. So, way back when, um, people who weren't born then or weren't around then will we'll know about this. Everyone knows about it. It's one of the most infamous 
criminal acts in United States history. It's the Columbine shooting, the Columbine massacre, where two teenage boys walked into their school one morning, April 20th, 1999, and they gunned down 13 people. Now, when the police looked into this after the fact and all the investigations went about, everyone's found out that these guys played violent games. They played Doom predominantly. There were many instances where the game was kind of tied to what they did. So these guys, they built maps based on the school. They named, one of them named his uh, shotgun after a character in a Doom game. And uh, there's an infamous quote kind of taken from one of these guys in the journals they penned. He said that the killings would be like Duke and Doom mixed together. Obviously a reference to Duke Nukem, another violent title. And that was where it all started falling apart for violent video games. That was where they turned around and said, look, these games are poisoning people's minds. But that has not changed in over 20 years, has it, Bruce? Not at all. I mean, it's it's been something that's continued on the trend. Um, so another one is 2007, Virginia Tech. Uh, a gunman um, in a tech college killed 33 people and it was linked to that he was obsessed with Counter-Strike. So it, it's if someone goes in and kills someone in the, of the teen age, you know, I'd say anywhere normally between 12 young adults young adults you know? as well young yeah. adults as well isn't it yeah it's always linked to oh they were obsessed with this game and that's why they did it so you know it's been something that's been around like you said the most well, i say the biggest one was uh, columbine in 1999 but ever since then it's been on and it's been there it's been getting bigger and it's always now linked to that was done because he played doom that was done because they played counter-strike it it's always linked to something they always say that as well it's it's conditioning children though kids play these games and it makes them less sensitive to murder and violence and death i mean in 2019 there was a massive shooting at el paso in texas and there were i think dozens of people were killed um in, in a walmart in el paso donald trump responded by saying that it's the gruesome and grisly video games that are causing it that was what he said and at the time walmart's response was to go and remove violent video game displays from their store that was their response to a mass shooting in their store it was quick take down the video game displays which is ridiculous tell me i'm not crazy in saying that's ridiculous no i mean there could have been things done that would have been a lot better but taking down the games just seems like it's, it's kind of pandering at the time because it's pandering to the media saying oh, it's definitely the games that caused it when you know, there's plenty of studies that show that there's no correlation to it. So, it, yeah, I, I think they went the wrong way on that. There are. So the studies is definitely a very important thing to, to come upon because this is, it's been so widely debated in the last, like, sort of 20 years. It's really, really been a thing. So, I mean, I don't mind saying that on our screens in front of us right now, we have a list of studies that have been done. For example, these are all major studies documented. Go on, go on the internet and read them up. Don't believe everything you read on the internet, but it's better than going in with nothing. So one study in 2007 found that children, some children became more aggressive when playing violent games. Some became less aggressive, but the overall majority showed no change. In 2010, they found, and this goes quite closely with what me and Bruce are saying, that the video games caused aggression in children 
when said children had specific personality types such as neuroticism or they already had a kind of violent tendency and then in 2011 they found that aggressive children gravitate towards aggressive games so it's not the games causing the violence it's the kid already being violent that then goes on and plays these shooters and plays these violent games that's that's the kind of thing they they, they studied I don't think, I think Bruce can back me up here because we've both researched into this topic. I don't think I found a credible report anywhere that suggests, yes, there is a direct link. No, you're completely correct. I couldn't find a single study that said it's definitely video games that cause the violence. It's always, if there's ever been like a correlation, it's normally because the test group had a certain type of personality or a certain anger issue or depression or anything like that. So there was always an underlying cause for it. There was never, oh, he we let him play call of duty and now he's trying to kill everyone you know it was never there that's a very good point to pull on because what bruce just said there um underlying issues depression things like that almost in every single shooting that has ever occurred that has been tied to gaming the shooter has had an underlying medical condition whether this be um you know a, a psychotic disorder or a depressive disorder they all have something like that and the vast majority of them have been on have been in therapy they've been uh on you know antipsychotic medication that is the thing that is directly linked to the shootings not the games and this is another good thing to pull up on okay so we're talking about it going back 20 years right if it's video games that cause the violence why have humans always been violent do you know what I mean? It's a very silly point. It's a it's a it's a childish point almost. But you're going to say people have always been violent long before the media, long before the entertainment industry was a thing. People have always been violent. How is it now that video games get the blame when people have always inherently been violent? Is that a silly thing to say? Well, no, because it's it's like what I brought up earlier about you know when there are certain ages video games, but after they get past a certain age, it seems to be something completely different. So, say for example, I went on a killing spree. It would be oh well, he played uh, Call of Duty, Doom. You know, he, that's the reason he did it. But if I was a fifty-year-old man that went and shot up a shot something up, it would be oh he was I don't know he was racist, he was uh, anti-Semitic. You know, th- there's always something blamed for it, but it just seems to be a, a different age. It switches to what's blamed. Yeah. So it's not it's not a silly point to make. It's completely valid. I get what you mean. And let's go back in time, right? This is another funny statistic. Well, it's not funny at all. Don't say that. The first ever school shooting on record was in 1764, believe it or not. So that's coming on 300 years ago. The first violent video game came out in 1976. Between the first shooting on record and the first violent game coming out, there were recorded 146 shootings in a place of youth education, in a school. So why is it suddenly, when video games come out and they're violent, that's the root cause? What's the explanation for all the other ones? How did that change? I expect if you look back, there was probably some sort of thing that was permanently blamed on. I mean, like, oh, these kids played with their hoop and stick. That's why they're (laughs) violent. Um but it's like I said, it's it's something always is blamed, you know, and it's just the media. It's normally the media that do it. It's just something easy to call on, isn't it? It's like, oh, what can we blame this on? Uh, 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 they played they played Doom. Let's blame Doom. You know, it's it's easy to blame it. Easy to shift the blame. 
it's very very easy to do they weren't going to go okay the kids were bullied the kids had an abused upbringing the kids were were traumatized by something they their depression suicidal tendencies no they played games let's do that let's let's hide away from the ugly truth you know let's let's hide away from the stress they're under let's let's hide it away from the the institutions that are failing them in their education columbine let's go back to columbine so these guys they were bullied okay they both both the shooters they had underlying medical conditions they were shunned by their school allegedly the school was very very biased towards the jocks and the jocks were the bullies and when they bullied people they got in no trouble for it case in point right there it's the institutions but they don't want to go no the school failed the kids they want to go no those kids were already crazy they already they were they were so deep in these video games they couldn't tell reality from from fantasy you know let's look at another one another example <clears throat> Arguably one of the most abhorrent examples in history, the Sandy Hook shooting from 2012. So a young guy ran into a school with, an, with, with a rifle and he proceeded to kill something like 28 people, the majority of which were kids. And we're talking like five, six, seven year old kids. And his motive to this day remains completely unknown, completely unknown. Nobody on this planet knows why he did it. Yet the first thing they pulled out of the bundle was that he had violent video games at home. Now, this is the really, really big twist. We're talking about people being addicted to violent video games, right? This guy here, we're not going to say names because these guys don't deserve to be remembered. This guy here, he wasn't addicted to violent video games. He was addicted to Dance Dance Revolution. And I don't think I know of any other person in the world who has played Dance Dance Revolution, then picked up a gun and shot down two dozen kids. Do you see, like, tell me that's, uh, that, that is case in point there. It, it, it can't be, surely it can't be violent games. This guy didn't really play all that many violent games. He played one of the most free-willed, fun-loving titles to ever exist. And yet, you know what else this guy had underlying mental conditions he had disorders he had they they showed pictures of this guy's house and he had like all his windows were like boarded up and he had you know guns everywhere and such and this guy was allowed to legally own weaponry he had something like an aa12 or a saiga 12 and like an automatic shotgun in the back of his car when they when they searched his vehicle and a guy like that was able to legally own weapons in america and yet they're gonna say nope it's the games that's a good point to to, to bring up there isn't it bruce because we've discussed before the culture in america with this with the, with the guns and things i mean it is one of the things that you need to bring up because if you look at it the main reason to be skeptical of the casual link between video games and violence is that video games have spread so widely around the world um, without driving other countries to the level of violence that America has. And, you know, I'm not bagging on America at all, but, you know, the lists we've got in front of us, we've got Jacksonville, we've got Columbine, we've got Sandy Hook, we've got El Paso. It, it, you know, we've got all those type of ones. I think I th the only ones I could find for the UK, for example, was one in Manchester, I believe. Um, there's, been a, there's been a couple. There's been, there's yeah. been, there, there, I think there were two or three 
iconic ones in the uk there was one uh in berkshire or surrey or something back in the 70s where a guy went on a spree there was the dunblane massacre in scotland where the guy shot loads of kids and there was arguably uh the one in cumbria where he went the taxi driver went on a spree with a shotgun all old men well i think the guy uh, in the 70s was, was was fairly young um but obviously that was before video games you see and none of these guys were tied to, they, they they all said yep they had mental conditions that was it because there's no games to tie it to and again that's something that the media tends to shy away from is mental health you know it's something that is only just recently come to light that has been recognized you know if you, you look back through history there was no such thing as mental disorders it was always they're possessed by demons they're a witch you know it was always it's never been something that's been brought to light and now it's been coming to be brought to light um they can now use that as things to blame it on as well you know I mean, the HO, um, who, the World Health Organization officially declared video game addiction a mental disorder. So, you know, it's, it's now putting those two together. In saying that, is that just a door to put more blame on the games? If they can now go, he was addicted to mental, he was addicted to video games. It's literally a mental disorder now. Like, they're, they, you... They're, like you say, they're tying the two together. It used to be before, he's either got a mental disorder or he played video games. Now, the video games have given him a mental disorder. It's kind of like the perfect solution, isn't it? So now they can turn around and go, oh yeah, he was addicted to video games. Check with the World Health Organization. It's a real thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not something that should be a thing. Where do you quantify it? I play a hell of a lot of games. Am I addicted to games? No. I get that you get these kids that play Fortnite for like 10 hours a day and they basically beat their parents up if their parents don't buy them skin packs and things. That's your addiction right there. But how do you quantify it? How do you go, okay, you play five hours of video games a day. You must be an addict. And I go, well, not really. I can just turn that off any point and get on with my life. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not like we have to sit there all day and do it. We can quite freely turn the computer off. Now, I, get, I expect there will be people that are addicted to playing games because it's an escape for them. But, you know, I play plenty of games. Uh, you know, for example, I play Raft, which is a game where you build a raft. I'm not going to go turn off my computer, run outside and start building a raft on the street, am I? You don't... What is it? Life mimicking art or whatever they say. Life imitating art. You don't... It doesn't happen. You know, I'm not going to play Grand Theft Auto then go out and steal a car in the street and, and go rob a store. It's not how it works. And these people, these people that say video games cause violence, they always tend to be, it has been elsewhere in the world, but they always tend to be American. It's because these people have got the most to not lose, but they've, look at the UK, right? If there's violence in the UK, they can say it's video games and it might well be. In the US, if a guy gets hold of a gun too easily and shoots someone down, they can say it's video games because they want to defend the guns. They want to defend that kind of that aspect let's look at the stats because bruce had a very good point a short while ago you said that people play games all around the world but the violence is really contained mostly to the united states so we have statistics i think these come from brady a very reputable source so every year in america 114,000 people are shot 8,000 of those are children and teenagers and 37,000 of those are fatal it equates to around 300 people every single day being shot Okay, let's look at somewhere else where there's video games, the UK. A year in the UK, there's probably a dozen shootings, tops, absolute tops. You know why? Because they don't have guns. If someone gets stabbed or something, do they link it to video games? 
No, they usually attribute it to terrorism or gang violence or something like that. How is it that everyone in the world... There's, there's an, uh, it's estimated there's 2.5 billion people playing games in the world. Why are there not 2.5 billion violent people? Do you see what I mean? It's Okay, you're looking at it from a very naive perspective, but it's a very, very good point. Why is it that you can have a gamer in any other country playing violent games, but if they have a violent game in America and they've just shot someone, it's the violent games' fault. Again, like Bruce said, we don't want to bag on America. America is, is, you know, they're going through a hard time right now. We'll not discuss that. But for the most part, it's a fantastic country. You know, it's the, you know, it's the most powerful country in the world. God bless America. But you've got to admit, this is weird how there is so much blame on a game it's a game it's a game it's not it's not a brainwashed tool it's not it's not a mind control tool and there are people that would have you believe that however it's the thing is if it's video games what about your violent movies your violent television shows aggressive tones of musics you know what about heroes and icons committing crimes you've got to take into a fact that why aren't those used as scapegoats just as much as gaming yeah that's a very good point some of the you look at tarantino films and things like that they're violently aggressive you know he's got a a tendency to have blood flying on every single scene and there's people getting brutally wounded and stuff and and that's way more visceral than a video game because in a video game it's it's cgi graphics you know it's it's video created it's not a real person where the aim is to make it look as real as possible do you know what i mean so that's a very good point there you know it's it's been it's been passed around that it may even help some people in 2018 parkland florida there was a massive shooting again and it turned out that this the the gent that when it did the shooting he had been in in and out of therapy for years he was a troubled child and the counselors that worked with him actually advised that he played violent games they said get violent video games get a punch bag and just take out your aggression this is counselors telling a child to play video games as an outlet. And when you look at it like that, it's a very good point. If you, you know, uh, crime diversion, if you're inside playing violent games, you're not on the street living a violent life. Again, it's, it's more going in the defense of games. The only thing that people say, the only people saying violent games cause violent people are the politicians. The, the old people that don't have kids, the old people that don't play these games. That's, I mean, I'm not political in any sense. I'm, I don't know if Bruce is political in any sense, but I'm not going to start getting into that as to why these guys do it, you know. But it does always tend to be these, these are the people that are speaking out against violent games because like we've said before, they have nothing else to blame and they don't want to talk about the big subjects. They don't want to talk about the the hush-hush stuff. They, can, they go, oh no, like Bruce said, mental health only really came about the, the awareness only came about in recent years they don't want to sit there and go oh this guy was failed by his medical medical care look at america the health care you know people avoid going and seeking health care and assistance and stuff purely because it's going to cost them an arm and a leg to get it done they'd rather just sit there and stew over it and then pick up a shotgun and go and shoot someone to get their anger out than they would go and engage in cbt or you know some kind of some kind of diversion therapy and you look at every other country in the world. Look at um, Canada, for example. I don't know what the gun laws are in Canada, but I know they have free health care. I'm pretty sure in Canada they have 
yeah, gun ownership over there as well. Don't quote me on that because I don't know. But you could look at countries like uh, Poland, for example. In Poland, there is uh, guns are prevalent over there as well. You've got you can go to a range in Poland and shoot off AKs, Glocks, shotguns, you know, all sorts over there. How many mass shootings does Poland have? How many violent video games come out of Poland? Poland is home to developers like CD Projekt uh, who make games like Cyberpunk and The Witcher and, you know, there's, there's I think Dead Rising, uh, sorry, uh, Dying Light came out of Poland. These are very violent games. How many shootings are there in Poland? I don't know. But it's it's really, really nowhere near as America, as, as high as America. But then again, do you look at the, the, the um, news media side? You know, there's a lot of big news medias in America. Do you know of any Polish news media outlets that are widely known? Okay, yeah, that's a very good point. You know what? That's, that's a great challenge and a very, very good point because it's like you say. Um, if you look, compare what happens in America to what happens in the Middle East when there's a, a bombing in the Middle East and no one hears about it until some internal news agency reports it. But then when five kids are shot in a school in America, the whole world hears about it. That is a very, very good point. A very good point. You know what? Let's take one second, one second to go on Google and type in mass shootings in Poland. List of... Uh, okay, everything on reference. I mean, you, there's nothing past World War II. There is nothing that I can see in, in World War II. And there's a great article in the Washington Post which, discuss, which discusses <clears throat> mass shootings in gun-free nations. And you, you, there's, there's, there's nothing. Of course there's going to be a correlation between more guns, more shootings. That's just scientific fact. That's mathematical, you know, that's, that's true to the world. If you have more guns, you have more shootings. If you had more, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a very... You had more lightsabers, there would be more lightsaber injuries. You know, it makes sense. But you're still going to draw back to the games. But I think it's a good time to segue into the next topic because it ties in very heavily to this. And in a lot of cases, it it's, it there's there's correlations, there's things that happen based on this. And that is the toxicity in online gaming we've got very we've there's loads of examples out there where this aspect of gaming has caused violence it has directly caused violence i mean straight away opinion time bruce do you think the landscape the overarching environment of online gaming has become too toxic Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, if we can draw back to episode two that we did, the retro special, where you didn't get online to play with people. It was a lot different back then. But as soon as you were allowed to get online with people, so social media, online gaming, anything like that, it then gave you the... the uh, I can't pronounce the word. It makes basically... Anonymity. You're to be anonymous. Yeah, you're allowed to be anonymous. Um, which then allows you to be someone that you wouldn't not necessarily be in real life, you know? So in, in real life, you might be nice and polite to everyone. But as, as soon as you get online, you, you, you become a completely different person. You start insulting the people, um, you know, telling people that they're not worth anything. And, you know, there are people that have turned around. So I've, I've been told by people online as well to go kill yourself. It is a horrible, horrible thing online. And, you know, 
it's why now when I go online, I barely use like the voice chats or the text chats. I disable them most of the time because the whole platform, it just becomes disgusting personally. That's a very good point. And you, you mentioned something earlier on. You said that um, when we were 12, we played 18 rated titles. And that's a very good point. Today, there are so many kids on Modern Warfare, on, on Grand Theft Auto, on Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft... Oh, sorry, Grand Theft Auto twice. <laughs> that's not a very long list. The game's so good, he said it twice. <laughs> that's a plug. Hey, Rockstar, hook us up. But it's true. There's so many kids that are exposed to this kind of behavior. So I cannot tell you guys the amount of times I've been in a lobby on Modern Warfare and people are using the text chat to curse each other out. They're at the end of the game and they're talking smack to each other on the chat. And it's so, some of it, it's deeply racist. It's violent, it's threats. These people have known each other for the duration of a match online and they're threatening death on each other. And if you think about it, a match is what, like, I think the longest one we played was like 30 minutes, if that. Um, you know, and we've played with people before um, who actually encapsulate this topic pretty much as a whole. You know, we'd go into a game with them and then all of a sudden they'd be slurring people, they'd be threatening them, they'd be saying, we're going to find you. And it's it's just not on because... You can you can really scare people doing that. You know, if kids play that game, and someone's turned around to them and said, "I want to find out where you live and come and kill you," that kid could be scarred for a long time, if not the rest of his life. Yeah, and I'm gonna not naming any names, but Bruce did pull on a little thread there that I want to I want to yank out. We have been first party to this. We've witnessed this with our own ears and eyes. You know, like very recently there was a person that we played with who we had to kind of stop playing with purely because he was so aggressive. He was so to strangers, to friends, to teammates. This is where we kind of go back to the violent games make violent people thing. Any other time he was fine. When he started playing games, he became, for want of a better term, he became an animal. He was so violently aggressive. And that is taking uh, taking a look at the whole, he was already violent. He already had these tendencies and the game brought it out of him. It's, it's, it's open for, for debate, but we had to drop that. At times, like Bruce said, you'd end a game, you'd be in a lobby, and we couldn't hear any of the other side of the conversation because me and Bruce don't have the chat turned on for anything other than friends. But he would be in the lobby with these strangers cussing them out. He would be tearing into these people that he'd been... And he's, you don't know who's on the other end. That could be a nine-year-old boy. That could be a 45-year-old man. That could be a cop. That could be a... Uh, anything. Anyone. Doing that actually leads into one of the studies that we found. So, in 2012, a man hunted down and attacked a young boy after he was killed and mocked in Black Ops. The young boy was insulting him. And the man retaliated by physically finding him and attacking him. Now, that's a scary world we live in. You know, you've insulted someone and they've come to your house and beat you senseless just because you took the piss out of them, which you shouldn't have done in the first place. You know, a bit of banter is fine, but going, oh, you're, you're you know, you're... you're we can't, we can't really go. <laughs> can't, we can't really go into exactly what they say. But, you know, threatening to kill people, threatening to saying, you know, you should kill yourself. It's horrible. And someone like this man might turn around and go, you know what? 
I'm not going to stand for this, and they will track you down. It's not hard to do in this this day and age. I mean, even if it is hard, that's not a, that's not a that's not a deterrent to some people. In 2012, there was a knife fight in Counter Strike, and the guy involved in the fight actually spent months hunting down his opponent and actually stabbed him in real life. And it goes further. That's not it. There are so many more cases. We've got these. Like I said, we've got these on a list. In 2012, there was a fight between a 17-year-old boy and I think an 18, 19-year-old man where they had a fight online. They had an argument on Xbox Live. The guy turned up at his door and stabbed him 22 times as a result. In 2009, Xbox argument. Again, guy got stabbed, stabbed to death. 2017 guy was playing on his games at his house he accused his brother of slowing down his wi-fi so bad that it had a fight guy stabbed him stabbed him to death his brother there's it's a huge list 2016 a man was was teased because he couldn't play fifa very well went and stabbed the guy in the neck killed him this is toxicity at the highest most extreme level imaginable yeah, and I mean, if you if you look at it, you've got that side of it. Now, obviously, not everyone online is this horrible, you know, piece of work that's going to insult you and make you feel like you don't want to play. But again, looking at some of the personalities in the gaming industry, so you know, like Doctor Disrespect, he role plays this really angry bloke, and a lot of people do it. They role play these angry people, but at the same time, you've got people that just do them, just be themselves online. But you see that the toxicity that they start bleeding into their followers. And I think that's another issue is that it comes from the top as well. So, you know, you've got all these kids watching person X. And if he's going around doing it, they're impressionable. They're going to start going around and going, well, if person X did it, I yeah, can do is, it too. That is a very, very good point. Because like you say, they're so impressionable. There's so many people out there that have a place of power. And, you know, in, in recent in recent weeks, it's come out that a lot of these people have been abusing that power. But there's so many where they have, the majority of them are kids that watch these people. So Ninja, for example, massive, one of the biggest, arguably probably the biggest streamer in the world. He had a video thing go on a few weeks, maybe even a few months ago, where uh, he was raging and screaming. And he was saying to people, why do you get angry when you lose? He was saying... Sorry, that wasn't one sentence. He was saying, get angry when you lose. Why would you play and lose and be happy with it? And the bulk, like 90% of this guy's audience is kids. And he's saying to them, get angry when you lose. That is incredibly irresponsible. Yeah, 100%. I mean, don't get don't get me wrong, right? When you lose a game, it's irritating. You know, I've lost plenty of games. We've lost plenty of games. Oh, well, 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 hey, we've, we've know, won some too. Yeah, we've won as well. Don't worry. Um, but, you know, when we lose, we do get angry with it. But we don't get angry to the extreme where we're throwing controllers down or screaming at each other. We just go, oh, you know, we just sit there and kind of get a little bit, a little bit angry at ourselves more than anything because it we burns lost. off you don't you don't hold a grudge oh yeah really quickly it burns off like in a couple i'm of not going to go and find the guy that killed me in the gulag and stab him you know but this is where it's 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 so it's so like tiered you know there are so many different aspects of toxicity look at misogyny for example that's one that's been around for uh, as long as games have been around women can't play games women aren't good gamers women use their gender to gain advantages there is like, I think in America, 
in the United States, I think it's like a 60-40 split in favor of men that play games. So almost half the gamers in America are female. And this weird conception that women are worse at games than men. I can say first hand experience my partner she plays video games and she has for basically just as long as i has as long as i have sorry and there are some games that she can kick my ass on that she's way better yeah, at than I, me. i mean yeah I'll, I'll put my hand up as that there are a couple that my other half can kick my ass at as well so you know w- w- it's it's not something that we're, we're gonna hide because it's, it's, there's no need to the whole thing that females shouldn't play games why shouldn't they? You know, they're entitled to anything we're entitled to. You know what I mean? It's 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 um, the it's this this aspect as well, and I see it all the time because I'm in these kind of circles. Is that you will never succeed on Twitch if you are male because the females use their looks and they use their their gender to gain advantages with the mostly male audience. And do you know the amount of people I see doing that are people that aren't having success on Twitch? It's a bitterness thing. There are so many women high up on Twitch and so many men high up on Twitch. And it's not like, oh, she got there because she's attractive. Okay, what about the guy? How'd the guy get up there then? Is he doing it because he's attractive? It's just because he's really good at games. And the girls are really good at games. The women are really good at games too. If you're entertaining, regardless of your gender, you're going to do well on the on, on Twitch. Oh, you'll, you'll do well in anything as long as you're entertaining. It doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't matter what, you know, you know, male, female, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're entertaining, people will watch you because you're entertaining. Um, the whole thing of they're not good gamers. Like we've both been beaten by the halves, hands down. You know, we've been beaten. We, you know, we've been beaten online where we've had the voice chat on. Do you remember when we were playing Modern Warfare and that woman beat us? I mean, she was like the epitome of toxicity in gaming. She was a woman that was cursing and screaming oh, us because we killed whoever. Like she had a team of three people. I remember that. We killed her team, but she killed us. And she goes, "How does it feel to be beaten by a woman?" And we just we were just like, "What?" I mean, you you just you you kind of turn around and you go, "Well." pretty much the same as it feels to be beat by yeah, a man same as anyone <laughs> does it matter I, if you're a i could be beat by beat a, i could be beat by a dog and i'd still feel the same i'm still lost you know i'm still like actually to be fair if i was beaten by a dog i'd feel a bit ashamed <laughs> of myself because one how do they hold the control but you know. well there's some there's some great advances being made into you know these controllers these days you turn anything into a controller we had that discussion in our retro episode you could turn anything into a controller anything into a controller yeah put buttons on it off exactly you go. Um, and it comes in it kind of draws across to another thing with this whole male female thing the alpha atmosphere of online gaming i realized i said that and i kind of sound like i was growling the alpha atmosphere <laughs> well, it's alpha you know you got you got to put but i've got to be it. an alpha everyone has to be the best the very best like no one ever was and it's so it's 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 suffocating when you play games and people are like so angry when they don't win because they've got to have the best kd the best kill count they've got to be number one at everything they do and that's toxicity you know you'll go on a group on a call of duty group on facebook and people are like oh hey guys I've, I've got like five wins can i play with you guys and i'm like you might be like yeah okay cool let's get a game you know you seem okay and then other people will comment and be like is that it i've got a thousand wins in the last week alone oh i'm the best and that is that's another aspect of, of real it's rife with toxicity alpha gamers that that causes isolation as well so you know i didn't play modern warfare before we started getting in touch with each other again so i didn't play it so i had technically no wins no loses no nothing so i was zero on everything you could have quite easily gone well you'll ruin my kd if you join in quite arguably i probably have but you know um 
you know, there are people that would turn around and go, no, you can't play with us. We've got 2.6 KD and we've got this. You can't play with us. And that causes people to play on their own and not get the interaction they need. Some people use online to get the interaction they need with people. You know, if you go into a lobby, right, if you go into any game and there's matchmaking, if you don't have enough to fill the game mode you want, just let, you know, click fill, let someone join in. You know, there's no need not to let someone join in. You never know, you might find someone that you actually get on really well with. I mean, that's what happened with me and Grant. We were on an online game, we met, we started talking, and look at where we're at now, you know. Just let someone join, because you never know what you're going to miss. Time, but at the same time, it shouldn't be mixed messages, because you should always be aware. Okay, let's talk about internet safety whilst talking about toxicity always be aware that the person that joins your group could be any single person on this planet you never know what you're going to get so whilst you might get someone who's great at the same time you might get someone who is disturbed you might get someone who is really aggressive you might get someone who is perverted you never know what you're going to get on the other end of that line yeah i'm not i'm not saying that you should invite them over to your house or anything for a game you know i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that you should get online with them and start webcamming with them yeah but at the same time, it's a very, very good point to be careful with who you talk to. That's something that we also wanted to discuss as well in the whole toxicity thing. It's also keeping safe online with the violent video games. It's keeping safe online. There are many parents out there. I'm, I'm a member of many of these groups on Facebook, like parents of gamers and, you know, dad gaming groups and things. I'm not a father myself, but a lot of the content I put out does help parents who have children that game. So I think, you know what, let's, let's help these guys out. So there are many, many ways you can keep your kids safe online, especially when it comes to playing games. And me and Bruce have touched upon them. So you can introduce uh, filters, you can introduce blockers, you know, you can say, I don't want to talk to anyone that isn't on my friends list. You can put a blocker on that then says, I don't want to add anyone to my friends list without parental permission. You can set filters so that they can't play games above a certain age rating. You can set timers on consoles as well. Bit harder on PC. Um, you can still do it, but you kind of have to shut down the whole PC as a whole. Um, but with, with consoles, you can say, you can play two hours and then no more. Your, your timer is up for the day. You can't play anymore. Um, I will say you can actually add those onto PC. There are add-ons you can get offline that are free that allow you to set timers on computers. Uh, easy, easiest ways to put a timer on a computer is get a timer socket for the wall. You know, you can set it to have two hours and then it goes That's what off. I mean. You could do that, but so. you couldn't do it for like a specific app. You couldn't say like... Oh yeah, you can you can still do that. Again, it's software that you download offline. It's free. I've used it before. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what its name was. I used it ages ago. But it literally, you, you can either block things going through it. So if you if it was your son's computer, they say they're 13, um, and you put they had GTA on it, it would either block it or alert you that they're playing it because it would um, ping to your phone and it would say, so-and-so is playing GTA 5. And then you'd be able to say, look, you're not playing that, delete off their system. Or you could then set up the blocker to block it completely. So there you go. So there you go. E even if you've got, it doesn't matter what platform you're on, you can keep your kids safe. And when it comes to online toxicity and violence in video games, that's all you want to do, really. I think the main point is also talk to them. You know, it's it's all well and good setting up blockers and setting up timers. The most important thing you can probably do is talk to them. Now, I have a little nephew, sweet as anything, um, but he's be, he you know he's got on the for he was on the Fortnite craze. He's now on the Modern Warfare craze, and they just join games with random people. And the most important thing that you can do is talk to them and say, look, you know, I mean, I've had the conversation with him before. Where I said, look, 
you know, have you ever had someone be horrible to you? And he's like, yeah, but I just ignore them. You know, and that, that just talk to them. Make sure they understand that as long as they're polite, it doesn't matter what other people say because you can block you can block them in, if need be. But talk to them. Make sure they're all right. And this goes back to also violence with the video games. Talk to your kids. Talk to your friends. Make sure they're all right because as long as you're talking to them, you can normally find something before it gets out of hand. So, you know, if you've got a friend who's, you know, let's say they, they are mentally disturbed and they have violence issues... If you talk to them, at least you know that they're having those issues and you can help them through it, you know, and they don't have to bottle it up and be on their own and just ferment that rage and upset and, you know, ferment that loneliness. Talk to them is the the best advice I think you can give to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you don't know and they don't know they can approach you, they're going to let anything slide. They could be getting bullied by their friends online. They could be playing a game with someone they sh- really shouldn't be playing with. And you won't know unless you tell them, uh, sorry, if you talk to them or if they tell you, you have to be approachable. And this is where it comes with parents being like knowledgeable about these things as well. There are so many parents that I see saying like, oh, I, he plays for such and such time. Can he be talking to people? Who is he talking to? Is there an age limit for this game? Can anyone play it? And there's some things out there that even though gaming is well established now, it is probably, you know, aside movies and music, it's probably the, the well, yeah, even though it's one of the biggest forms of consumable media ever, it's still, there's still a lot of gray areas for people that aren't familiar with it. People don't know what games want and, and what system does what and, you know, oh, he's connecting online. Does this mean he can talk to anyone? Yes. Your child can talk to anybody anybody online unless you restrict it in some way and you know there are games that are purely talking to people so a good thing for that is called vr chat it's a virtual reality chat room the whole point of that game is to talk to people you know um the comedy room it's a little indie game on steam again that whole point is you're sitting in a room with people telling jokes to each other it it is easy to talk to people if you want to talk to people and again being allowed to be as anonymous as you are there's no sort of repercussions from it so you can be anything you want to be and no one will know yeah and it's just which is the dangerous part it's just shielding them from the toxicity you know we've we've been playing games for years and we we touched on something very recently with the we call the retro mindset and it's to do with getting offline on occasion and although in this day and age you know your kids might be relying on online gaming to you know chat with their friends and stuff it is always good to get them offline do couch co-op play multiplayer with them you know locally uh, get them in something that's single player only take them off the internet take them away from all the bad influences and just sit down retro mindset the best thing you could do get them into retro there are so many games from back in the day that are still perfectly polished and ready to play today you can go back as far as the 80s and find games that are really enjoyable pong's a great option pong is is the best especially for developing game ever developing minds you know there's there's nothing wrong with being you could be two three years old and run a track on mario doesn't have to be doesn't have to be the newest thing i mean we grew up in retro that's where it is but we haven't left retro and i know plenty of dads from these groups that are introducing their children to the games that they played and then transitioning them onto a you know a better console as time goes on you don't want to have a kid you don't want to have a five six seven year old child and go here you go jump on the old playstation 4 go on modern warfare and run around ha ah, look he's shooting people it's great it's fun you know it's funny and 
put the headset on him. Yeah, who's he talking to? And that that's the kind of an attitude that's going to stay. And they're going to grow up in the online gaming. They're going to grow up in the toxicity because it's only going to get worse. It is only going to get worse. Yeah, it, it's it's never going to get better. There, there's that you know, like I said, there's too many people that want that anonymity. Um, you know, I will not pretend that I can say that works. I cannot. Um, you know, there's still people that are racist. You know, we like I said, we've played with people who are horrible individuals online. Might be perfectly fine outside of it, but online they are horrible, horrible people. You know, insulting, wishing death on people, and that is only going to get worse. That's never going to get better with the culture that we're in at the moment. Not just in gaming, just in general life. Look anywhere, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah, and it's not even just the online gaming. It's not just the gaming. Like we're saying, it's also social media. So there is, you know, console wars have been around for as long as there's been multiple platforms. And the whole PlayStation versus Xbox debate, that gets wildly violent sometimes of people saying this is the best. No, that's the best. No, PC is the best. And there's some guy in the corner saying Nintendo, but no one listens to him. So, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't diss the Nintendo people. <laughs> I can't. You know, I, I've played Nintendo. Just because you don't play it doesn't mean you can bully them. That's exactly the issue we're I am being toxic. It's a very... See, right there, it's a very minor thing. But that was toxicity. That's me not accepting that someone else might like something that I don't like. Simple as that. Um, one last point on this subject as well, the toxicity, is we kind of have to discuss... You said the bullying, but the anonymity and the, the, the sheer violence it leads to. Let's look at The Last of Us 2. That came out recently. People weren't happy with it. So one, they stormed every review site where they could leave a, a note and rated it zero stars, zero out of 10, whatever. And they brought the review scores way down low just because they didn't like it. Some of these people hadn't even played the game. Two, they messaged the actors for characters they did not like and they sent them violent death threats and anti-Semitic abuse. And just... A See, that, it's something I can't get on with. I mean which was i think it was episode two actually where i said about the voice actors getting death threats that is something that i cannot abide by they have given their time yes they get paid they've given their time to do that game it doesn't matter if you think it was good or not as long as a couple of the people think the game was good then they've done their job you don't need to go that far and that is like the epitome of toxicity sending death threats it's it's just it's just as high as it gets well i suppose the epitome would be actually acting out those death threats but it's there's no there's no call for it there is no call for it it's a game these people are doing a job like bruce has said why if you disagree with it do you go after them and it's the same online if someone uses a different weapon in call of duty or if someone has a different tactic to you they're scum they're they're not right they don't know what they're doing they're a waste of space you know they're not worth playing with it's crazy but we will obviously still keep playing multiplayer <laughs> titles, but this is something we want to push again. We've said it already in this episode, the retro mindset. We mentioned it in episode two with the special, the retro special, and we'll mention it again. Sometimes you just need to get offline. Sometimes you just need to pick up a single player title, turn off your turn off your Xbox Live or your PlayStation Now, uh, PlayStation Plus, whatever. Don't talk to people. Just sit down. I'm doing it right now with Ghost of Tsushima. So I'll, I will get hours into that game and I'm in, I'm in Japan. I am a samurai. No one is talking to me. No one's influencing my gameplay. Retro mindset. I'm not connected. I'm just playing a game just like I used to when I was a kid. 
and Bruce is a staunch advocate as that as that as well. He loves a bit of single yeah, player. Yeah, I, I I love single player games. I mean, while you've been doing that, I know it's a bit silly, but I've been playing modded Minecraft because it's just single player. It's just chill. You just do what you want to do. I've got the GameCube with a load of single player games on it. So you know, hundred percent. If you've got a single player game, give it a go in single player. Like a lot of people who own Modern Warfare, the whole game haven't played the campaign. Log off Modern Warfare for ten minutes. Give the single player game a try. Trust me, it's good. Good single player. To be fair, it's one of one of my favorite ones. I think it's a fantastic story. I absolutely loved it, and that is a very good point. Like I know the the person we've mentioned before in this this very episode, who has played nothing, played Call of Duty for years, never played a campaign. Very strange. I don't know why you do I, that. It's half the game. I'm replaying all the campaigns at the moment. All the ones that I own, I'm playing them in like game chronological order, not release order. Game chronological order. World War Two, Cold War, Modern War. But anyway, that's that's basically the wrap. That's the wrap for this episode because you could go on and discuss toxicity and these debates and misogyny and violence in video games. You could talk about this for hours and hours. It's a never-ending debate. It will never end. But we thought we'd give it our two cents or our two pennies, you know, being English. Um, but that's it. So we're obviously going to be back next week. Uh, Bruce, what is it we're going to be discussing next week? So next week will be our regular um, episode where we talk about what's going on in the gaming industry, news, um, what's possibly coming out. So we're going to look forward, we're going to look at Xbox versus PlayStation. Now that we've seen both, what do we think, what are our expectations, what are we looking forward to, what are we not looking forward to? Um, another one we're going to be looking into is Warzone Season 5's introduction. The trailer has just been released. We wanna, we're going to give you our expectations, what we know, what we hope, and everything in between. Because at the end of the day, we are massive Warzone fans. <laughs> and I know that a lot of our listeners are too. So, so we're going we're gonna to dive into what we expect from Season 5. There's loads out there in the, the stratosphere. So we're going to take it all in and we're going to have a great episode. But for now, that's all from us this week. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you for joining in. And I'll also see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you very much for joining the Loop Before You Leap podcast today. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure you reach out and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, or find us at loopbeforeyouleap.com. See you next time.